redlined all the microphones. Coming in hot. Coming in hot. We're back. We're back, Mitch. We can't just keep saying we're back, though. We're back. We need a new line. We're here. We are here in the we house. We are here. MC70, double O F. Mitch Love Day, it's one of the world. We're back representing the J Dog, the man upstairs. Uh huh. And Christian Surfers. And we got a big one lined up. A huge lineup. I think they're all massive. Yeah. Big names. We got some big, big names. Heavy hitters. Heavy, that's a good we're way talking, to say it. We're, we're not talking welterweight. No, no. Featherweight, get out of here. Featherweight. No. We're talking the big leagues. Big dogs, yeah. The ones that have been in the game, they're serious about the game. They know the game back to front, Ooh. and they know where to hit. And they pop, pop. and they're scoring. They're out there scoring. Who's our Who's our lineup today, Mitch? We have the big JB Jono Bailey. Bailey. Yeah. I was going to try to find like a like the middle middle name. Yeah. Like a Jono. Jono the man Bailey. The man Bailey. <laughs> Jono. Jono big dog big Bailey. Big dog Bailey. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's plenty of... Jono Hats Off Bailey. Jono, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like that. That's probably Jono that. Hats Jono off Hats Bailey. Off Bailey. We should probably talk to him about why he's always got a hat on. Yeah. He, I've never seen him without a hat on. <laughs> Either. Never. we got to bring it up. I wonder if he has a head. <laughs> <laughs> what do you put your hat on? Yeah. Very true. Maybe like a forehead. <laughs> like the top of your head. Jono Forehead Bailey. <laughs> We are talking to the, the hats off man. He has got some serious wisdom. He is yeah. kind of doing logistics for CS, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kind of the... He's the behind the scenes. Behind the scenes, man. He's, yeah. he's the biggest servant-hearted dude ever. Yeah. Just so wise, gentle, yeah. and just got the biggest heart for CS yeah. and the coastal community mm. and for the Lord. So I'm pretty to talk to him so much experience so much wisdom he's sort of the guy behind lots of the big ideas so Steve Bailey has mad ideas and spearhead stuff and then John O'Bailey makes it happen from my understanding at least so without John O'Bailey this man that we're about to prod and poke and, and try to get as much wisdom from as we can without this man uh, lots of the big events like Gatho and the things that we all love doing as CS um, just probably wouldn't happen and if they did it just wouldn't be as spectacular so we um, yeah we literally are taking our hats off to the hat off boy the hat off man uh, we love him heaps and I'm I'm actually stoked like I'm heaps keen for the convo I love the love the bloke and I got a lot of time for him mm. All right, guys, we've got something pretty excited to let loose. <laughs> Out the bag. Because me and Sam talk a lot of schmack to each other. Yeah, a lot of stunking stuff. But we thought there is a big CS community out there and there's some stonkers out there. Some stories that yeah. are the stories that make you cry of <laughs> laughter and joy <laughs> and everything in between. Yeah. So we're introducing the new segment. CS Stonkers. I like it. <laughs> it's got a ring to it, yeah. eh? CS Stonkers. CS Stonkers. And so what happens is if you DM through to the CS page um, and you put forth a stonker of a story that we deem worthy of podcast. Oh, deem worthy. That sounds so legit. Then we'll have you on. We're going to give you a random call up through the week. We'll tee it up and, uh, and we'll let you share your stonker with the CSA family. <laughs> As part of a segment. That is so good. Yeah. I'm so excited for this. CS Stonkers. So if you want to be the first stonker, yeah. email through, hit us up in the DM. Yeah. You can be the first CS Stonker so good. of the world. Mm. Ever. 
ever. CS Donker. World history. Dude, that's huge. Yeah, there's, there's going to be some honker stonkers out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a honker stonker. <laughs> <laughs> if you have the biggest stonker of the year, you get a prize. So what's, a, what's an example, Mitch? Like what's, don't tell me a stonker, but what's examples of stonkers? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? That's what I'm saying. Oh, like like a story. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Is it just stories of what? I reckon it has to be CS, mm-hmm. surf related. CS related. It could be any story. Embarrassment. Embarrassment. Gnarly. Yeah. Scary. Big funny, wave story. Anything that will bring you to your knees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Something that's worth sharing. Yes. A stonker. Yeah. There will be some epic prizes for the the honker stonker, the best stonker of the year. Oh. You will get a special prize. Okay, so I like it. Start whipping them in. Mitch is going to buy you a surfboard. Okay, I will actually. You know what? I'm going to do this. What? I I will give you a surfboard. You're going to give for the best stonker. You're going to give a surfboard to the best stonker of the year. Yeah. Wow. The honker stonker gets a surfboard. It's out there. It's on the line. I'm so regretting saying this. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, oh, listeners. If you're out there with an absolute stonker under your belt and you're thinking, where do I share this? You've just found the right place. Hit up CSA, DM us through your stonker and we'll deem it worthy of airtime. And if you happen to be the best stonker of the year, if you have the best stonking story, if you have a honker stonker, yeah. You're going to get a break. You got to get a surfboard from Mitchell Love Day. Just to elaborate on the prizes for the CS Stonkers. So if you happen to airtime, right? If you send us through a stonker and we deem it worthy of airtime, you get some CSA merch. But if you're the best stonker of the year, if the you have a honker stonker, if you are the honker stonker, you are the honker stonker for 2023, we buy you a surfboard. You get a surfboard. You get a surfboard. With some CS merch. Yep. So, so get, get stonking. Get stonking. Get thinking about your stonkers and be willing to share them. We're keen to hear Jono Bailey in the house. Let's go. Hey, boys. We're rolling. Welcome. How are you? Welcome. Better now. Seeing you too. Oh, stop it. Not, not just a good looking rooster. <laughs> one with smooth words too. A well-spoken one. <laughs> well-spoken rooster. <laughs> Crikey. Bickies. <laughs> Well, Jono, we're super stoked to have you on. Here we are. Happy to do it. Oh, you're a legend. And we're stoked you're here. Well, for those who don't know you, Jono, give us a brief rundown of who you are, what you do. Where you're from. Where you're from. Why you wear heaps of hats. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I don't know if that's metaphorical or in reality, but um, anyway, I'm, I'm Jono Bailey. I'm... Currently speaking to you from my back deck, which is in Coolum Beach at the little town that I live in on the Sunshine Coast in Queensland, Australia, beautiful part of the world. I've lived here for all my sort of adult life and as a late teenager moved up here from West Coast of Vic. So originally from an OG, so Ocean Grove was where I grew up, basically lived my, yeah, last 20 plus years it's getting on now up here and i've got a family with uh naomi and three kids um lydia micah and josiah who are all growing up fast but yeah in primary school our oldest lydia she's about to start in high school in a week so yeah that's sort of family life but also 
been very involved in Christian surfers since I've been up here in Queensland. Mm. Huge. That's yeah. cool. You got a little tribe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps life very busy and full, but generally like awesome. Like so just in the school holidays gone, I spent more time pushing kids into waves at Noosa than I did actually catching waves at Noosa. Nice. So that gives you a little snapshot of my life right now. But as That's the cool. stoke you get though, watching your kids just cruise down the points um, yeah. is hard, hard to beat actually. I think it's at times a lot better than even riding the wave yourself. So That's there you cool. go. That's sick. Actually, I was only yeah. just, just yesterday pushing Mitch under waves for the first couple of times as well. Uh, so I understand the stoke. Yeah. <laughs> What about special? <laughs> no, that's actually so cool. I don't, uh, we don't understand it personally yet. We'll get there, but that sounds like a really cool thing to experience. Mm. Imagine pushing your kids underway and seeing them stand up. Oh, and Jono, so mm. I, we still don't know what you do in Sam. <laughs> we, me and Sam have got a few theories. We got some theories, yeah. One's you're a spy. Yeah. You work mm-hmm. for ASIO or, and you're undercover in CS or, you just do so many things. You actually don't have a role. Yeah. Or hmm. we actually just plainly don't know what you do, but we know you do so much. So tell well, us. There's also another theory that like, so there's John O'Bailey and Steve Bailey and you're like the, mm. you're like the, he's the mouthpiece and you're the mastermind behind it all. Oh, <laughs> mm. <I'm> angry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that last theory is probably far from the reality, but I um, I do have share the same last name as Steve Bailey, so that does at times get confusing. So he's our national director and I'm our operations manager for yeah. Christian Surfers, and we don't know when the Bailey name connected, but we're not related in any recent history, perhaps way back. One of my favorite movies is um, The Bourne Identity, and I do relate to the same, have the same initials as Jason Bourne's JB. So I've often thought oh. of myself at times in in the same vein of being like, you know, a little bit undercover, <laughs> discovering my true identity. But um, truthfully, that would that sounds way too exciting for uh, what a lot of the time. What I'm actually doing is working behind the scenes. Um, on projects for Christian surfers. Currently, as we speak, I should be planning our national gathering and preparing for that, which will be coming up soon in Tassie. Mm. So bigger events that need a lot of organisation behind them have a lot to do with that and getting those events to happen, as well as making sure that Christian surfers runs around the country as smoothly as possible. We're not like a highly organized super structured organization but we do have some things that we have to keep structured and so there is an element of operations that needs to happen so when i when i do get behind my computer there's a lot of emails to attend to and a lot of uh, projects to work on but i also like to get out and hang out with the cs crew where possible and surf and just be part of the mission which is really what what it's about and why i do it so Mm. yeah i'm three days a week currently focused on that and also lending some time to help in develop the surface Bible, which is a pretty cool resource that we need reprinted. And so I'm working with the international office on getting that up and running in a big way. So yeah, just a snapshot of a few things that I do. That's cool. Does that that allay your fears? Does that, uh, your concerns of, you know, secret 
business. Yeah, look, it's a, <laughs> you've, you've put forward a good case and I think it's well rehearsed, but I'm going to need a bit more convincing. Mm. But that's okay. We'll leave that one for now. Um, no, that's cool. Well, we've we've heard a bit about what you do. I think maybe you want to go um, and dig a bit further into the whys now and, um, and why you're mm. doing it and what sort of kicked you off into it. What's a way that you live your life that actually invites God into it, into that all the aspects of your life in a way that you can't actually explain your life without God? For sure. It's a, it's a question that you sort of think, okay, there's probably some very practical answers to it, but then there's the, the big picture answers to it as well. Let me try for both. Mm-hmm. So firstly, the big picture, you know, um, when I think of my life where God fits, I could live my life in the dark and go around doing all the things that I do but I feel like the difference is there's a light switch that's been turned on. And so um, it's it's kind of, for me, like everything that I do, every part of my life feels like it's lit up by God. If I paddle out in the surf and it's a beautiful day and the, the sun's or the sun's setting and it's just beautiful color in the sky, for me, it's like uh, I flip the question around, like how could, for me as a surfer, how could I not believe in God in that moment, you know, that there is a creator and that there is just insane amount of beauty in this world that I can't explain any other way. So I can't explain that. And then when I watched the birth of my child um, and just this concept of life, there's so much even in the the way of humanity that is just mind boggling. And we're still as humans trying to catch up and understand it. But to me, it all points to a beautiful design and, and a creator that has created it all. Even in the days where I have doubts, you know, is God really there? Which I think we all carry different doubts at times or have our moments. Mm. I just, it's like that light has been switched on and I can't imagine not living life knowing that God's right there and that he's with me every day and that he created all of this and wants a relationship with me. So then put that into like, how does my day to day life not be explainable without God? Like I think I typically find myself every day praying like if, if i have different concerns or different things that come up that are sort of stresses and i think you know we all stress, sort of face problems in life anxieties and things for me my instinct is to either spiral down which is like kind of trying to figure it out in my own self and worry and anxiety or i can bring that to god in prayer and and what i've found in my life is that there's peace that comes from that so for me, that sort of explains like what life looks like now. But there was a time when I was probably 17 and it was around the time of the beginning of my Christian surfers journey where I felt like that light switch got switched on in a big way. Like I sort mm. of knew that God was there, but there was that like moment where I was just like absolutely stunned and blown away. I was in a church and um, they asked all of the people around just in the congregation to, to pray for the men in the church. And I was a 16, 17 year old trying to f- work out what I was doing at school, but a bit of sort of a rat bag at that point. Didn't really. <laughs> not you. Even, <laughs> Surely not. Uh, I did, well, honestly, I didn't even want to be there. <laughs> and, um, and, and I'd been raised to go to church. And so, but I was very reluctant and, and this little lady who I still, I don't know who she is, but um, she turned around and said, can I pray for you? And took my hands. And I was kind of like thinking, no, this is for all the men in the church to be prayed for. 
And she just took my hands and said, like, I can't even remember the prayer she prayed, but I remember that in that moment having this encounter with God where like it felt like a lightning bolt went straight from the tip of my head to the toes and back again. And it was the first time I experienced the very sort of tangible power and presence of God for real. Mm -hmm. All the theory went out the window and it was suddenly very real for me that God was right there with me in a very tangible way. And I see that as being like the moment the light switched on. From that point on, things changed. Like that was sort of the prodigal son story that many are probably familiar with where like I went from trying to do my own thing and figure out my own way and be a typical teenager doing a lot of things that I didn't want my parents to know about to, <laughs> to like suddenly wanting to know more about Christian surfers and get involved in that. And what about the the light switch or the story from that point into CS and maybe expand on how that kind of transition took place and where you're led to from there. Practically. Well, the cool thing is I'm actually second generation Christian surfers. So my, OG. Um, in my, <laughs> my yeah, yeah. In my early that. years, <laughs> <laughs> when I was um, a little, little, little grommy. So I think I must've been five or six. Um, and I was living in Ocean Grove. My dad took me along to a little hall. I can have this, I've got this foggy memory of going to this Christian surfers event and between the lines, which was made in 80, 85, 86, I think surf movie was made as a Christian surfers surf movie. And that was shown around the country. And I have this like vague memory of sitting on the floor in that church hall, watching on the big screen, this surf movie. And there's all these other Christian surfers crew there just to explain like that, that was some of my upbringing was to being around Christian surfers, like from way back in the eighties, early eighties, what I was explaining before the light switch experience when I was 17, that's when I moved to Queensland and that's when I got involved in sunny coast CS. Part of the story for me was going off to do a YWM DTS when I was finished school, which was around the age of 18. And that was similar to what we'd now do with sea salt, where it was like a, an experience, like learning about God and also going on a massive adventure. And at that stage, YWM Newcastle had partnered with Christian surfers to run that. So, so I had that kind of experience where it was like, okay, I want to check this out more and decide if this is for me. I'd always kind of thought when I was young, like a little fella that I wanted to be a missionary, like my grandparents. And I was 18 and going through this year of, pursuing God and pursuing like mission with CS. I was kind of at that point going, oh yeah, that's the dream of my childhood. Like I want to be a missionary. And so hmm. fast forward when I was on mission in India, teaching little kids on the beaches of India to surf, I had this experience again with God where I felt like um, I was sort of ready to go anywhere in the world. And I felt like God said, go back to Coolum, go back to your hometown and your own tribe and be a missionary there. And that's that was sort of part of my story to getting involved heavily with Christian surfers. So I was 18 and mm -hmm. I came back to Coolum and me and two mates who were both apprentices um, moved into the, the little shack right on the beach in the bays at Coolum. And it's like the closest house to the beach you can get. And we started living in there as an open house for Christian surfers, Coolum. Basically, every Thursday night, our house was overrun with Grammys, um, having dinner and Bible study, and then we'd have the house open on the weekends. A few years of just epic like times hanging and doing Christian surfers in a real like day-to-day -day kind of way. That setting me on this journey of like seeing how much 
Christian surfers can be a modern day mission movement in our own front yard on the beach and seeing lives changed. And a lot of the crew that I still count as some of my best mates were involved in those years. And so like the camaraderie and the incredible team leadership that happens in Christian surfers that stays with you for life. Like those, Mm. those guys being on mission together and doing their camps and the, all the stuff we did, I feel like that brings you alive and it, and it creates like this incredible mateship as well amongst mm. the crew. So, so whilst like I've given a lot and poured out a lot and spent a lot of time filming from the beach instead of surfing the waves as leaders often do, or doing things that are serving, cooking the meals, you, you gain so much back in the process as well. So yeah, so my, that was my sort of journey into and how I really got heavily involved into CS and that was mm. around about 20 years ago vaguely yeah that's so cool hey can i go back to um you meant when when you mentioned about uh, you felt god call you back to mission in your area to call them i found mm-hmm. that interesting because often when you think about mission you think of oh well maybe i should go somewhere it's often like i'm going to go somewhere else and do mission somewhere else or when when you think about a missionary you think about them as going to a foreign place. Um, but I'd actually I'd actually say it's more, or I don't know, the question maybe to you is when you got called back to what was known for you in a familiar place, um, back to mm. your hometown of Coolum to do mission, was that, do you think that's a scarier call or do you think, because sometimes it could be easier to go somewhere and start again, but to go back to where you're known and do mission there. Yeah, it was interesting to take that kind of, have a paradigm shift and like take that mindset back to coming home again. Cause I'd sort of stepped away from Coolum and I'd gone to these other cultures, Sri Lanka and India, and you're like blown away by the different cultures that are there coming home to Coolum with that mindset. I realized everything we do at home, we just think is normal and so familiar and you just go about life as though that's just the normality. But all of a sudden I was like looking at it through the lens of, okay, if I was a missionary coming from another culture to this culture and to this town, how would I approach life? Like, and how would I see what we consider normal life? Mm. And it's pretty, it's pretty interesting to look at your own hometown that way and Mm. to start to see where people, for example, find meaning and purpose or fill their lives with other things to replace what is a God-shaped hole in all of our hearts. Personally, we're all designed to worship God and know God. But if we choose to, instead, we put other things in that space, in our hearts, that void. And so when you start looking through that lens of like, what are the things such, such as maybe materialism and lifestyle and pleasure and all the things that we sort of think are actually normal in our culture and normal day-to-day life, and you start realizing it's different in other cultures, like in India, for example, a lot of the crew were hanging out within the slums. They weren't living for lifestyle. They're living for survival. That was their kind of mm. thing. Like it's just to get a meal on the table each day wow. and mm. work in like crazy hours, even kids. And then you come home and you see how different our culture is kids having so much just handed to them. And, and, and I'm not trying to get into like what culture is better, but it's more just suddenly you realize actually, we have our own challenges here. So to come back to your questions, Sam, I think in many ways it was so much harder for me to stick at it and be have that mindset and stay in the mindset of doing mission when I was like 
it was so easy to just fall back into this is normal and familiar and just trying to go about life with the same kind of pursuit of the Aussie dream and, you know, the things that we think are the right things to pursue. And so Matthew 6, 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. I think that kind of was like a bit of a mantra for me, like what does it look like to seek first his kingdom rather than my own kingdom or the things I wanted in life? I, I'm hearing myself saying all of that and I'm feeling challenged again because it's so easy to like to, to lose that, you know, it's it's hard to kind of keep that. But I remember when I first got home, I'd sort of step out the door and think if I was stepping out the door and I was on a foreign mission field and I was in a different culture, everything I do would be about mission, like going to the grocery store and going to get petrol, like everything you do, every interaction, every relationship you build would be through that mindset. And so, yeah, it changes everything when you start thinking that way about your mm. local community and your, your hometown. Mm. I think with CS, that's kind of one of the awesome things about us being a modern day mission movement in our own hometowns, in our own local beaches, is that it just, you know, it sort of points us in that direction of like thinking that way, like, okay, every time I paddle out, I'm not just here to catch waves for myself. I'm here because I'm representing Jesus to this surfing community. And how would that look if Jesus was out here surfing as well? Like yeah. that that's a super challenging question. Mm, so, yeah. Love that. No, that's cool. That's really cool. And that's an encouragement, I think, to people listening that maybe have mission on their heart, because it could just be quite easy to go, okay, well, mission. I feel like I have passion for mission. Where can I go? It's like, well, no, you can there's also an option to stay and have that posture of mission in your local community. And like you said, going to the grocery store can be a mission. And, but it can also be something that you just switch off and you go to the groceries, but you're not really inviting God into that process too. It's mm. like, well, you can mm. actually let God change your community through you if you have that posture of mission in your hometown. But that's, yeah, super challenging. Like hats off to you. Mm. It's not an easy thing to do. So It's hard to know your culture because it's normal and that this is a mission field when you've been doing it for 10 years and haven't been thinking that way. There's only ways yeah. you recommend like to change that mindset. I don't want to fall into any legalism of like, yeah, this is the this is a formula or this is yeah. what you would have to do. I'll, I'll answer it in two parts. So the first thing is that Acts 1-8, when Jesus first commissioned the disciples and said to them, okay, I'm stepping out now, it's you guys. And he said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And that's kind of like uh, Jerusalem was their hometown. Judea was the next biggest, like the next region, Samaria, next region, ends of the earth. So like going back to the thing of mission should always start in your, where you are, like, and that's, mm. that's the way Jesus designed it to be. And that's how the early church went about it. So the big part of that is like, this is what the Holy Spirit's given for us to do. So if you want to know, do you have the Holy Spirit in your life, live on mission and start experiencing the way the Holy Spirit actually will work through you to love people I think I think that's one of the things I've found is that when you're actively in that mission, you just God's Holy Spirit's there to empower you. So it's so I don't want to go legalistic on this. What I would say is listen to the Holy Spirit. That's sort of like a very theological answer, but that's the reality. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I did, which I maybe would suggest as a bit of a helpful thing, is I kind of when I came back, especially initially from what I came back with that sense of call, I thought I know myself and I know my weaknesses and I knew the things that would be most likely to just kind of derail that and put me back into 
a space of just living for myself. I, I sat in, pr- in prayer and asked myself and did a bit of introspection and reflection and thought, what are the things that are my weaknesses or the things that are likely to take me out or cause me to compromise? And and basically, I came up with some things that I felt were prompted and, and I was led by the Holy Spirit to do, which were very personal to me. I'm trying to avoid legalism here, but I'll give you guys one example. I'd really struggled with drinking to excess when I was a teenager and like partying and stuff. And so one of those things that I felt personally, this is Jono as an 18 year old returning to the sunny coast was that I knew if I drank more than two standard drinks, I was going to have trouble stopping. And so for me at that time, and I'm not saying this is now still my thing, although I still see the wisdom in it, I would only ever drink at the most two standard drinks. And that was kind of like if I was at mates, parties, if I was anywhere, that was my sort of standard. I'm trying to say that was for me Mm. a thing that I knew would take me out and potentially just could be a path for me at that point to being like going back to where I was before. They were things that I knew were like going to cause me to just slip back, you know, into whatever choices I was making previously. But I would say sitting, letting the Holy Spirit kind of speak to you, about those areas either it's like to proactively do or it's things to like not do (laughs) that might be good for you to commit to for a season so i sort of committed to that for a year because i was coming back into that culture i was like stepping back into the culture that i knew so well but i knew all the vices and all the things that could take me out so Mm -hmm. yeah and and if you did that with the view of like sitting down and praying and thinking, okay, this is because I'm now going to be a full-time missionary. Yes, I've got a job or yes, I've got study or I've got other things I'm going to do. But actually all of that is actually not what I'm really about. What I am about is tomorrow when I step out the door, I'm a full-time missionary. I just do those other things to support that vocation. If you start thinking that way, then it will change the way you go about your life. So, yeah. That's huge. Mm. Cheat codes with Jono Bailey. That's a cool one. <laughs> and it's super practical too. Like it is hard because I, th- I think it takes first self-awareness, but you were talking about like you realized it was two drinks for you, but then that's 80% of the battle. There's still that 20% of going, what am I going to do practically? Because I know that I can't do more than two standards. Oh, I'm going to hold myself accountable and not do more than two standards. And it sounds silly, but that's a hard, mm. that's a hard challenge to hold to especially mm. if it's a vice of yours like yeah well that's yeah heaps challenging for me i'm an introvert so part of my way of coping with that in social settings used to be to i had to drink enough to kind of loosen up and feel like i was part of the crowd and part of the party and so mm. that that had to change though you know like that was at the core of why i did it and then so i realized okay fast forward i've been at like parties in Coolum. like often that's when CS mission and ministry can happen is you get invited to like the local board riders. One of the guys is having a party. They're, they're all drinking. They, they get to the point where they're continuing to drink. And I've sat with crew and had the most amazing conversations. I'm sober. They're not, but I've had these incredible conversations with them and talked about life because they're opened up. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I would have, if I had have just been keeping up with them and drinking at the same rate they were drinking. So. Yeah. Anyway, that was just for me at that point mm. in time, yeah. To close up, Jono, we thought it'd be really cool just to ask you a future question, especially because you're in a really cool position to give us a bit of an overview on what's fu- what's for future for CS, 
But then we'd also love to hear about for you personally with your family life and what's going on in Coolum, what's going on for you? Well, CS, I think for us at the moment, it's pretty exciting to be doing the strat. We've done the strategy work around what it looks like to grow for Christian surfers. We, we spent a lot of time with different people from behind the scenes during COVID, getting their intel and their input around the history of Christian surfers and where we are now, and then what would it take to grow? And so we announced this new strategic plan last Easter. And the cool thing for me has been to see that each of the regions and then the local missions in a lot of areas have adopted that and started looking at what does it look like in their local area to actually take on board a lot of those strategies and to see growth in Christian surfers in their local area, which is at the end of the day, really just about more surfers having the opportunity to know and follow Jesus. I also can see all the massive gaps around the country where we want to see new local missions established and planted. And so for us, growth really is about expanding the existing local missions and then also growing into areas that we haven't been running Christian surfers groups. That's kind of, for me, a big focus of the future. We we have a lot of other things around the strategy of that, like having way better social media, heaps better video content, this kind of crazy podcast that we're going to start. <laughs> Came up with that idea. <laughs> so good that we're actually living living that out right now. So just to raise awareness, um, I probably can't drop his name, but I just had this like email back and forward with a young guy who's 16, lives in Gladstone, which is right up in the north of Queensland, there's actually no waves in Gladstone, so I think it's around about a two-hour drive for him just to have a surf at Yapoon, which is where the new um, Surf Lakes Wave Park is, the one with the big plunger in the middle. Oh, sick. Um, there is some beach breaks there, and it's probably the most northern surf, at least in Queensland. And so um, back and forth email with this young guy, and he he's got been buying some CS merch, wearing CS merch, made a donation to support CS, and I was like, man – Gladstone, tell me more. Like you're up way up north. Like you're not even yeah. in a surfing area. So how is it that you're connecting? And so he's um yeah, just a little legend, like 16, turning 17 and wanting to connect and be part of CS. And so all that to say, there's like there's heaps of crew out there that I think and I'm confident would love to be more connected and part of Christian surfers. They just need to be more aware. And so doing things like this podcast and getting better social media going and sharing testimonies and stories through video content. Um, that's all really part of that strategy that goes with then, yeah, getting heaps more local missions. Um, there's heaps more to it. And, and the thing about the Surfers Bible that I mentioned earlier, like creating a really epic resource for surfers to discover the Bible for the first time and then read it for the first time. That's, to me, that's like a big part of the, the future as well. So I... Um, I won't keep going because I could actually talk about this for hours because that's I'm passionate about it. <laughs> that's but, your um, job, yeah. That, that, yeah. But um, National Gathering this Easter will be announcing a few more things and launching a few more things. So I don't want to let too many cats out of the bag. But that's it's yeah, it's exciting to see the, all these possibilities, um, all of which can only happen as God in, works in people that are making themselves available for that work to happen. So mm. he partners with us and um, I'm very confident that it's on his heart to reach more surfers with his love. So I think it's just more about us partnering with him. 
All right, mm-hmm. so that's CS on a personal front. Yeah, living in Kulin, we have a local surf community right here. And so things like my youngest, um, Jossie, just turned nine and he's loves surfing. And so I think this year we'll be getting involved in our local board riders and um, getting connected in locally as well. And I pretty much can see a year of a bit more adventure and travel doing Christian surfers, things like heading down to Tassie for Easter and there's going to be a few other things happening throughout the year that I think our plan is to try and get our family along and be part of from a Christian surface point of view. So we're really keen to launch a mission talking to Geordie Mary about getting something up north in North Queensland because um, Sunshine Coast is the most northern sort of area that CS has been. So we're talking about road trips up north and be rad to start something further north. So that's all stuff that I'll probably be involved in locally as well. So good. And from like a CSA perspective, what's something that you would love to encourage um, more from local missions that would like help you guys out? Because we know we're, we're a bit rough around the edges and it's hard to have structure with surfers and leaders, leaders like people like us just do your training <laughs> so what's, what's yeah. actually something that can really help you guys that you'd like to just encourage kind of leaders and local missions to do to help as a movement we're only as effective as all of the crew that are involved in the movement mm. being the movement like christian surface is not some sort of entity that really could happen without the crew that are involved in it. So I think the rest of this, the conversation we've had earlier about being mission missionaries on our local beaches, that's really what it is about. Um, and that there is some structure. So I'll get one, one more part to that. There is a little bit of structure behind the scenes. To me, that's like 1% of the answer. 99% of the answer is you guys being the hands and feet of Jesus in your local community and, so yes, yes, we have organized events and yes, there's some things we need to do this year around organization, but most of what happens, I think, in Christian surfers happens outside of organized events. It's actually us living it out and being part of the mission. If we want to see our vision fulfilled of every surfer and every surfing community having an opportunity to know and follow Jesus, we can't do that in events only. Like that events are going to form a part of it, but that has to happen through us just living it out and being full of the gospel and full of God's love and goodness to our surfing community. I really love, love the CS community and what it brings. So keep, keep encouraging one another practically like this year, we're implementing a whole new system with an app for people to check, check into events when they arrive at the events. And part of that is like for us to actually comply with new government legislation that exists around child protection and also just um, having good integrity in organizations. So we are implementing that, but at the same time, it gives us a really awesome opportunity if we're using that technology to be able to stay in touch with people to make sure that Christian surfers is uh, communicating well to everyone. And so there's some really positives that will come out of that. So if, if you're, um, reluctant about using the new tech get on board it's going to be really good for us so yeah that's that's probably just a little plug from an operational perspective yeah mm. i would say where your treasure is there your heart is also it's really really awesome the amount of people that get behind cs and support it i would love for everybody whether it's a small or large contribution to be helping to 
put funding into Christian surfers. It can be one-off donations. It can be regular donations. But part of it is about we need those funds to be able to exist, but a massive part of it is as well, like being of one heart and mind with the mission. And when when you're supporting something prayerfully and financially, that naturally is a a flow-on effect. So I just encourage Mm -hmm. crew to to jump on board we have a few initiatives that we'll be announcing around national gathering around that so i won't let won't explain too much but hopefully even that little message of um, getting behind cs and partnering with cs financially i think that's something that we need and it would be epic to see more crew doing so yeah mm-hmm. well there's a lot there but that's also practical and helpful it's mm. good so much wisdom yeah now it's good to hear from you because it's you do have a, a way bigger perspective than just the local mission, and so it's really nice to hear from you about what's happening and what's future and what's helpful from your side of things. Because it can be easy just to zoom into your your local mission and go, "Oh, we just need more money for some snags on a Sunday morning." It's like, nah, well, you could be doing a bit more. So it's good. Mm. It's good to know. Are there any prayer points for you, Jono, for anything that you know of for CSA for, to be praying for or just for you personally as well? You can definitely be selfish in this one. What's some things that we can put out there just for some prayer points? I'd just um, specifically ask for prayer for the regional coordinators that we we have or don't have. So regional coordinators, if people aren't aware, uh, usually either volunteering or putting some time into helping to foster the growth of local CS missions in their region. So at the moment, we have quite a few vacancies for regional coordinators or some RCs that are changing over. And so you probably will know who the RC is in your area, or if you don't know who they are, then that's a bit of a sign to be praying for an RC in your Mm. region. So um, specifically at the moment, for example, South Coast, where you guys are, be really awesome. Um, in South New South Wales to see a regional coordinator step into that role. Um, I'd say the same for South Oz. I'd say the same for some other regions that are changing hands. So um, Central New South Wales, be praying. I don't know what, what will be announced and not announced by the time this podcast drops, so I can't. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> There's the red but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But just just to be praying, we've got a new RC in Queensland, Jordan Mary, who's stepping into the role this year. Yeah. Obviously, Judah and Lily have been doing an epic role in North New South Wales and Brad down in Tassie. And um, Gordo over in WA, I know, is looking to hand over to someone else to step into that role. So I, I just really think that with our plans and, and dreams for Christian surfers around the country, the regional coordinator roles are pretty significant to see them happen. So that's probably a major prayer point is to see the right people called into those roles Mm. if you're interested and you've heard this podcast and you're like yeah actually that could be me then contact me or steve bailey and we'd love to chat more so good again with the practicality just hits the spot every time you don't miss (laughs) you don't miss thanks guys (laughs) and personally anything standing out i feel like i'm not getting any younger and so you know <laughs> it's um it doesn't reflect always, over zoom at least <laughs> oh thanks mate i think probably um on the personal front there's a lot that 
you know, happens and it's hard to sort of know exactly when this drops, what, what will be the prayer need. But I guess I'd just love people praying for wisdom in this role and say the same for Steve Bailey, just to be praying for us to be making the right decisions with wisdom protection around our families as well. That get The heat gets turned up at times when thing, good things are happening. There's always, um, I believe there is a an enemy out there that doesn't want those things to happen. And so, yeah, just really encourage people to be praying for just that protection around families, especially. And um, yeah, that's that's probably just a, a general, I know that we'll need that kind of prayer request, really. So yeah, that'd be great, guys. We do have one last question. We do. Should, okay. should we ask it? Uh-oh. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so apart from today, I've actually never seen you without a hat on. <laughs> and we're wondering, is it because, well... Are you plugging merch? Plugging merch was one of them. We I also had a theory that you you were not brown haired. You were actually a ginger, but mm, pretty pretty. I would say strawberry blonde. Yeah, strawberry, strawberry blonde. <laughs> or there was some hair loss issues. We definitely couldn't be that one. Couldn't be no. hair loss. No. <laughs> big reveal, big reveal. Oh, so, the reveal. <laughs> we have a reveal. He's gone straight there. He's taken the so, bait. Uh, <laughs> the truth is uh, it has been probably um, all of those things. I think you're, you're onto me, Mitch. Like all three would be accurate. <laughs> <laughs> or you just liked hats. Yeah. And you're yeah. plugging the merch. Yeah, plug in the merch. Yep. I actually think there's some of the merch we're bringing out has been rad for that. Like you can represent CS very easily mm-hmm. by just having a plug in it. And it looks all right, all right. epic. So, so, the ball's in your court. <laughs> if you want a great reveal, you can, we're, right. we're here for oh, it. There it is. There it is. Oh, it's beautiful. You've heard it and seen it here first. Inspired by um, our founder. BD. So this is <laughs> if, you, if you hang around CS long enough, you two could get a shaved head and go bald. <laughs> That's so good. I had to explain to my son Josie, who was devastated when I shaved my head, that oh. the goat, you know, that Kelly Slater, yeah. number one surfer in the world, he can still surf without hair. So hey, yeah. it's not the end of the world. So he actually yeah. has for and- years now been sporting the, the bald. So it's a good move, you know. If you want respect in the lineup, so. I think going bald is probably it turns heads. Yeah. <laughs> Next time you see him at national gathering, just watch out for his bottom turn. <laughs> it's gonna be on That's fire. It. <laughs> <laughs> it's a oh. it's your um your recognition of your surfing level, isn't it? As soon as you recognize that you're at, at a certain point, you have to shave your head. It's a graduation of sorts, yeah. 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 Well, so. we look forward to seeing those bottom turns at gathering. <laughs> I look forward to showing them off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me. I love it. Absolutely. Keep well, up the good work. A, it's a privilege to have you on, Jono. We appreciate you. We appreciate your wisdom mm-hmm. and all that insight that you bring. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> cool. See you guys. Bye, Jono. Thanks, See you, Jono. Bye. See ya.